Hello, hello. How are we doing? Are we here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm here. Yep, yep, yep. I'm here, buddy. GM, GM. Should we put a should we put a little music, a little music, while we wait for people joining? Susan, I see you. I will bring you up on stage. Yep, yep, yep. For sure. <laughs> GM, GM, everyone, and welcome to Asia Web3, motherfuckers, where we unwrap everything NFTs, special projects, and today with a special guest, Petaverse Network. Um, I've got my co-host with me, Puke Rainbow, Maeve Knows. Hello, guys. How are we doing? I'm doing good. Like, bro, I thought you are going to actually steal my thunder and do the intro because I have already get ready for the intro and I can't wait to share it to you. So, bro, you have to pass the stage to me, man. And, and and here's my next cue. Over to you, Puke, for the intro. <laughs> What's up, my Puke cast fam? So hope that you guys have a puking good day. And as always, welcome to the Asian Web3 Motherfucker Show. I'm Puke representing the Rock Radio family. Our mission is simple, to discuss the latest NFT news update, review case study, bring up Asia projects and community, but but most importantly, be at the forefront of DGEM Place to make some money. Introducing the man that hosts the show, He's a brother from another mother. I had a call with him just before this show and he is wearing his Peaky Blinders cap, you know, roaming around the streets of London, <laughs> recruiting people, more people into the NFT scene. The man is always on the move, have a crazy level of energy. It's my man, Wacky Chainer. Thank you, thank you for the more marvelous intro, Puke. I love it, I love it. I am indeed wearing my Peaky Blinders hat today. And actually, Susan, this is something I wanted to ask you because as I was looking at your profile, I saw United Kingdom. So are you actually based here? I assume you're probably traveling all around the world as well. I am, uh, GM. I'm based in Wales. I'm an American, obviously. Uh, but I, uh, I moved to, uh, to the UK seven years ago from Los Angeles. Out of all... Out of all places, from <laughs> LA to Wales. How did you end up in Wales? <laughs> my uh, my partner Lee, he's Welsh, and uh, we met in San Francisco uh, over twenty years ago. And um, after after nearly twenty years together in the states, we were in we were in San Francisco. Then we were in New York. Then we were in LA. And then we were like, why the hell are we in LA anymore? And um, and our son wanted to be closer to family. And we're like, you know what? We really could. It was almost like we knew the pandemic was going to happen. And we were like, fuck it, we could work anywhere. And and so we did. So we, we up and moved to the UK, sold all of our stuff and, and uh, bought a house here. And um, yeah, seven years have now gone by. Wow. The time flies. I have to say, I was totally expecting you to say that, you know, it had to be, it had to be love related to, uh, to oh, move back yeah. from, from LA. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very a second home for a very long time, you know, and you know, I grew up in like the suburbs of Pennsylvania. So if you had told the like 12 year old me that I was one day going to have like a residency in the UK and be like other side of the world for my family and, uh, and, and, you know, have a house and, and see horses out in the field. Like I would just be like, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's been a weird life. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, look, we're gonna, we're gonna go through uh, a few news very briefly and then we're just gonna jump right, right with you because there's so many things that, 
you're working on, your background, and you know, new sort of futuristic things that effectively Petaverse is working on. So really looking forward to this. But before, I'm going to throw over to Maeve, give us a few news, see what's happening, what are the hot things happening at the moment in the NFT space. Hello, Maeve knows. Hey, 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 everyone. So I'm just going to go right at it real quick. So the Deadfellas hot beta test avatars by Hologram Labs has started. Kaiju Kings collabs with uh, Ghost Boy Lives with their R-Race raffle. Uh, raffle. Uh, rare Mochaverse traits have been teased along with an additional 150 Mocha lists. Latest Puma video teases Super Puma x Evil Puma. Charity OE by Own the Doge uh, with Pleaser Dao. Kiyoshi uh, founder Juna999 joins Metaverse and reveals burn details. Ikehaya Pass. Uh, by Hayato finally reveals utility. Lastly, Zen Academy student IDs are free to claim. Back to you, Wacky. Indeed, Zen Academy. So for you guys that are looking into, obviously, education and everything, go check out Zeneca's uh, profile page. He's got an OE at the moment where you can mint all this. Puke, I saw you unmuted. You probably wanted to add something on this as well. I know, I know you're a member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the thing is this, like, everybody is kind of, like, waiting for one another because, you know, for Zeneca, it's always about that 333 numbers, right? So it's, like, the third person that minted it, the 33 person that minted it, the 333 people minted it. And so those numbers, like, people are just waiting for people to mint it and then w- once the number hit and then they arrive in it and then they just chatter in the discuss, like, ah, man, I missed it, I missed it. So it's just <laughs> funny to see how... But this OE is rather interesting because it changes. So, for example, like if right now you minted it, it will be uh, February and then your number. But then if you mint it next month, it will change to March. So it's kind of like mm. a student ID whereby whereby a little bit alpha. So you guys know that, you know, if you guys get the Zen chest, uh, basically you can burn it to a, sorry, you get the, um, the, the letter, Zeneca's letter, you can burn it into a Zen chest. And the Zen chest later on will be revealed to his own PFP. So the student ID right now, if you get it for free, it's actually like a holder. Um, you don't have a face, it's empty. You just got the, the month you join and the student date. So when, when you get the PFP, actually he will have a tag whereby you know your face or your PFP will be on that student ID. So moving forward, people who wants to enter Zeneca's, um, for example, Discord, it all will be token gated. You need that pass which is an ID. So even if you don't have the PFP, it's fine. You can just enter the general chat. But once the PFP is launched, you actually have like a like a real student ID. And the way he do it is like, you know what? You're just attending like a university, which is like the Zen Academy. And I think this is just fine. Like I'm, I'm hyped about it. I'm not t- too sure about you guys, but I totally love it. it it's good. It's contributing again. Zenek is working towards onboarding more people. And, and this is... This is one way to do it, right? Create something that is kind of familiar to them and then bring it over digitally to Web3 and NFTs. And, and I think, look, he's been doing, he's been pushing great things and I'm really looking forward to see what's happening on, on that front as well. Um, Maeve, this is all for today. Thank you very much for those fabulous news. I think there was something that you mentioned there I wanted to touch on. I can't remember. You know what? We're going to forget. It probably wasn't very important. I'm going to jump straight into Betaverse. Hello, Susan. Welcome to Rug Radio. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So you gave us a little bit of an intro uh, about how you ended up in Wales, but let's, <laughs> let's, go, back. Let, let's go back and actually uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your prior experience before starting Petaverse um, and the team also behind the current project, because I know you've done already quite a lot of few very accomplished things. So over to you, Susan. Yeah, so I, I come from the game industry. I've been in video games uh, for about 25 years now. Um, which God making me feel old. Um, but uh, I go, you know, go back to the the take two days, I guess it's probably the most relevant thing to go back to where, um, you know, I was involved with the guys who started Rockstar before they were Rockstar um, and with Grand Theft Auto when it was, you know, 2D and top down. Um, but Lee and I ended up in New York, um, my partner. So he's our chief creative. Uh, he worked his way up from QA to producing on some of the Grand Theft Auto titles and, and redesigning Bully. Um, I started at Rockstar, but then I, I started 2K Games and 2K Sports with the CEO of Take Two, Ryan. Um, so we, you know, we bought Sega Sports, which became 2K Sports. I signed things like Bioshock and 
Borderlands and, you know, bought, bought Firaxis and the Civilization IP and basically the things that are, you know, a, a big chunk of the cornerstone of what 2K still is today. Uh, left there many years ago, uh, 15 years ago I left, I think it was. Um, and, uh, and then Lee and I kind of just did our own thing for a long time. Uh, we kind of were, were burnt out on corporate after we left Take-Two. And uh, we got into free-to-play. We had the agility to be two people. So we basically got to gravitate to new technology like we really like to do. And um, we got involved in free-to-play when it was early. We picked up the rights to Doctor Who uh, from the BBC. And we did a successful mobile free-to-play title called Doctor Who Legacy in sort of the earliest days of free-to-play mobile. Got about 3 million people played. We had no marketing money. Not unlike Web3, it was all about community and outreach. It wasn't about marketing money. Um, we got involved in augmented reality when it was early. Uh, we won a multi-million uh, pound grant from the British government a few years ago to sort of really play on the bleeding edge of augmented reality and LIDAR and, you know, what was possible there. And we very much have our hands still in sort of bleeding edge AR as a company. We're a partner of Qualcomm's, for example, for Snapdragon Spaces. Uh, Pediver... You, you, you... You're giving us a lot right now. That's some of the questions that we have for later. So I don't want to, you know, I got to stop you. <laughs> All right. And then we got to Pediverse. Pediverse, we started two years ago. Coming out of the R&D, we were like, we, we raised money from, um, there's a guy named Ed Freeze, one of my oldest friends, one of the smartest people in the game industry is Ed Freeze. He launched the Xbox many years ago. Um, he started a fund called One Up Ventures that's invested in like 50 game studios now. Uh, we were one of his first investments. And so... Basically, we came out of that work having raised some money and we were trying to figure out what to do with it. And that's, that was the sort of genesis of Pediverse Network. We started working on it two years ago. Uh, Ed convinced me to raise money. We closed a big seed round of funding with about 20, 20 some odd investors. And, uh, and we've been building an ungodly amount of stuff ever since. And our team was five people when we set out to raise funding. And we're just about 30 people now uh, spread out uh, all over the UK, and sort of other parts of Europe, uh, primarily. Wow, this is incredible. I know uh, my co-hosts have some questions, but before that, I have a question for you. How did you end up in gaming in the first place? Were you a huge gamer uh, when you were a kid, or what made you decide? Because also at the time, you didn't have that many women in gaming, or, or did you, and th was no, there, and we just didn't know it? Yeah, it really, Web3 echoes game industry in so many ways in those early days. I was, I was often one of the only women in the room, and I'm doing that again now in, in Web3. Um, I, I was a, a moderate gamer. I was really into the Intellivision when I was a kid, um, cause I had brothers and they, they were all into the sports games on Intellivision. So I got into Intellivision and, um, and then in college, you know, I got, had my Mac, I got into playing like, you know, stuff like Tetris or whatever. Um, I got out of college and I was a recruiter and I, I stumbled into the game industry through that. It was really, a, it was a, it was a really strange way of getting in. And I've been very fortunate of some, of some of my career moves since then uh, i'm a i'm a hardcore pc gamer more than console i love mmos uh you know lee and i started playing everquest back when it was in beta we don't have time for it anymore but I, one of my my big big things is is mmo games that i've always really enjoyed i, I you know it's, it's one of those things i wish i could play more games as well so, sorry puke i know over to you now we got a four. No, Wacky is getting so excited. Like he said, like, you know what? I'm going to host it. You know, you guys don't get to ask questions. But, you know, guys, before we go on or continue the spaces, just a little bit update today. You know, Susan has blessed us with three whitelists to give away. So all you have to do, like, I will be releasing the pull up uh, code end of the show. So all you have to do, if, you know, guys that from the DDA fam, you guys already know what to do. But if you guys are new to this pull-up thing, all you have to do is go to the app store, type P-O-A-P, download the app, and later when I give the code, go and mint it because guys, this is going to be something huge. So let's continue with this because you talk about, you know, your experience in going into the game. Obviously, you know, when you when you throw out all the names, uh, like Borderlands, stuff like that, each time when you throw out the name, I'd be like, damn. That is a good game. That is a good game. So just kudos to you of, you know, what you built. Basically, you know, um, you, you kind of like map out my entire childhood. So thank you for that. But when we're talking about, you know, uh, right now, Petaverse is such an interesting uh, project when you talk about like, I managed to watch the two minute uh, video clip that you've been doing. And it just amazed me how the idea concept come in, something that is like, you know what, everlasting. So you said you've been building it for two years. Maybe you can just briefly explain in these two years, what exactly uh, went around and uh, how, how long or what kind of uh, thing that you guys are saying, you know what, we are ready now to launch the project. 
Yeah. So two years ago, uh, we were coming out of all this work we were doing in AR and we got really uh, excited about LiDAR on the iPhone, which is if you have an iPhone Pro, it's got the three cameras on the back. That's LiDAR. And it's largely been underexploited other than like people doing, um, you know, scans for um, decorating their houses like Ikea and stuff like that. But LiDAR keeps getting better and better and better. And it's some of the best AR experience that like the sort of average consumer can have right now. Because um, glasses, you know, aren't, aren't out there yet in any sort of mass market way. Um, and so I said to my partner a couple of years ago, um, wouldn't it be cool if we could get a pet up and running in a space, an AR, and make it feel, you know, like it's really there, like jumping up on a sofa, running off around the corner and so forth. And um, I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to be confined to just that experience. I'm like, how can we do that? in such a way that I could also bring the same pet onto my smartwatch or into my VR glasses or, or whatever. And um, Lee, who's, you, you know, who's the creative side of this said to me, if we thought about it in web three terms, um, we could. And so we set out in this very long path and I've gone down so many rabbit holes since. And we went from, you know, modest ambition to just tremendous ambition. And we're constantly trying to, to push the, the edges of it. My uh, CTO, Dan and, uh, and Lee and I have a meeting every week where we just talk about the future. We forget about the current tasks. What what's what is what does six months look like from now? What does a year look like? Now? What does ten years from now look like? And how can we constantly be pushing the pushing the envelope on that? And so, and so we set out to create uh, an approach to to digital pets. But you know, it's it's relevant well beyond digital pets. But the digital pets where you could have them everywhere, like Nintendo dogs. Um, I'm sure a lot of you played Nintendogs or Tamagotchi or some sort of digital pet over the year. And the sad thing is we thought we bought them. You thought you bought a copy of Nintendogs and you bonded with your pet, but it turns out you were renting it because as soon as, you know, time moved on and we stopped using the DS when that became obsolete, the pet's trapped there and you can't take it out of the DS. And it's even trapped in an old art style, you know, from 15, 20 years ago. So how do we think about this? differently how do we using web3 terms think about it and to a point that they can be resilient and it doesn't matter what platform it doesn't matter what blockchain like it doesn't even matter what art style and so we define these pets as data as reinterpretable data as a blueprint uh, of information that you need to know about a thing to take it with you anywhere you know be it a pet be it a car be it a robot but we're starting with pets because pets are broadly mass market accept, you know, uh, understood. And it doesn't sound like a scam. It's not like tokenomics. It's okay, I got a pet and I never have to worry about losing access to it again. I get that. And so that's, that's why we're, you know, that's why we're starting with, with pets. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, interesting to see, for example, like the Tamagotchi, it's basically something that you just carry around when you were kids. But this is even like, you know, you can basically just feed them and like there's only three buttons that you can probably play with it. But right now, you know, when utilizing, for example, th when we talk about the metaverse and things like that, not only just pet, but like, you know, robots, then you get me excited because I'm a huge fan of like mechanic mechanical stuff, right? So Maeve, next to you, the next question, man. Hey, hey, uh, I like I, I'm just trying to figure out what to ask because uh, earlier like two K games is uh, pretty much my childhood as well. Like uh, I, I didn't play too many games, but like the the main one that I played was Borderlands, and uh, the law and everything. I mean, like it's just top notch, right? From from law to character design, everything about it, I I just love it so much. It's been wild to watch that you know that that franchise grow. I mean, I I signed uh, Borderlands at I want to say it was like E three. 2005 2006 whatever year that was uh gearbox pitched us on two games and that was one of them and we basically signed it off the back of that verbal pitch that year um and you know it was many many years ago so it's just always exciting when you you, know, you get to be a a part of backing something when it was super early and it could have gone you know any direction i mean bioshock was the same thing there was no demo yet it was you know it was ken levine desperate to make the next system shock game and no one would fund him we were the only ones who were willing to fund it um as he's told many times over the years since then um we're gonna have i mean i'm sure that you must have so many fascinating stories we might have to go and catch up and do another one of these oh, to talk yeah. about <laughs> i chat about the real story of take two 
of Rockstar, of 2K, of all the insanity that went down during the era there. Oh, man. We're definitely going to take you up on this. Okay, so I've got a a question because obviously all of this is focused around the whole concept now is about introducing augmented reality to the world, right? Because we've been talking about it for a while, but it hasn't yet really taken over as the next digital wave, if you see what I mean. However, you were just mentioning Qualcomm earlier, and I was digging through your Discord, and I see that they gave you, along other partners, access to a special dev kit, right? So this is very clearly something that is on their radar and something that is going to be pushed through quite a bit more heavily and potentially, as you said, as the technology is available. So can you give us a little bit more information as to what this initiative is all about and what you guys are working on with Qualcomm as well? Yeah, Qualcomm are really cool people, I have to say. You know, I mean, they're a big corporate entity, obviously, but they really care about pushing pushing new technology. And, you know, some people don't know that the one of the reasons why the, the Quest took off is because of Qualcomm's involvement, the, the chipset that they designed for, for VR. Um, and, you know, AR is no different. They're trying to look at, at how to make, how to accelerate the adoption of, of, uh, of AR um, obviously, they have something to gain because of their chipset. Um, <laughs> but we, we we got to know them because of the work we were doing on Wallace and Gromit in AR. And they were really excited about some of the stuff we made. And so they said that they would give us a grant uh, if we if we came in alongside, you know, some other companies like Niantic and Lenovo. Uh, it was just a who's who. It was very flattering to be included in the mix for that. Um, and and we're going to, you know, we're getting Petaverse. Uh, up and running on, on AR glasses, essentially. So the Mimatron that is going to be immediately available at unboxing is something that we're also working on getting on to, to these AR glasses. Uh, so yeah, they are passionately throwing money and, and support behind um, making you know, AR a reality. And I most definitely, you know, I think we all know it will be. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say AR glasses aren't coming. It's just a question of how quickly, how soon can we get the price down um, and, and how quickly can the technology get to where it needs to be for a consumer? Because what you can do on an iPhone with LiDAR right now is still vastly superior to what you can do on most AR headsets. And it's part of the reason why it's taking Apple so long to get their glasses out. Um, you know, and that's going to be a big part of adoption, by the way, is as soon as Apple puts them out, even if they're expensive, we know people are going to buy them. And so oh. I think that will be a, a big push in the, you know, in the, in the right direction there. Um, I, I got to tell you, I was ready years ago when Google announced their glasses oh, at the time. Could, I was like, oh, oh, my God, I can't wait. I wanted those glasses so desperately. And then, yeah, I was talking to uh, one of the guys uh, who worked there at the time. And he was telling me the dumbest thing about the design of those glasses was what well, it was the best and worst thing about it was that you could use them to take pictures. And he said this was the main way he used it. He'd be sitting in the park and he'd be taking pictures with his Google glasses. The problem is you had to wink to take the glass, which is really convenient. But it also made it look like he was like hitting on everybody who walked by him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Right? <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> Probably not taking a picture of you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have been writing <sighs> for a long time, too. And uh, it's, it, depending who you talk to, like Terry Schistler is one of my advisors, and he is a, a technologist at Deutsche Telekom, who's one of the most knowledgeable people I know in the space. He was on a, a Twitter space with me like a month and a half ago. And he said he thinks in, a, in the next couple of years that we're going to start to see adoption, not in a mass, mass market way, like a phone, but, you know, the sort of early folks, um, you know, the equivalent of Web3, you know, the, the early adopters will be starting to, to, you know, wear AR glasses, which is, which is exciting as hell. Yeah, I, it's I, awesome. And now, now, to be fair, Petaverse is not an AR project. It's one of the many things that we're, that we, one of the many ways we think you're going to want to interact with your pet. And so I want to make sure that people who aren't in AR, into AR, don't think that that means that the project isn't for them. It's just when it comes to a digital pet, it's really freaking cool to have the pet with you. And I think it's one of those use cases that not only will it help people to understand why they should care about Web3, it'll help people to understand why they should care about AR. Because it gets yeah. it's, it's a digital pet in your space, jumping up next to you on a sofa. Um, yeah, you know. I, I think I, well. So this is one of the things I want to talk about a little bit later. But it's about the the various applications, and also as you rightly say, it, it's about positioning right to the market as well. But giving people the vision or the ideas of what it is that they could do with it. Because sometimes when you're presented with new technology, 
you look at it and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you're like, but, but how do I use it, right? How, how do I actually make use of it on a daily basis? So it's not always easy. And it's, I think it's very important. The messaging nowadays is very important to the, the, the speed at which adoption is going to come for new technology. Uh, just one quick thing. I know, uh, Puke, you've got a question. Just a little bit of housekeeping. I saw that we've got the official sort of Petaverse uh, network uh, Twitter account. I've, I invite you guys to speak. You don't necessarily have to speak from that account, but obviously it, it gives a little bit more visibility to the space. So if you do yeah, want to come up on stage. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, my, my colleague, Ali. I don't know if he wants to talk much, but I'm sure he's happy to get up on stage if you want to invite him to speak. Okay. Uh, Ali, so I'll just invite you to speak. You Feel free to accept so that it brings more visibility, but you don't have to speak at all. Just uh, you know, come up on stage so that we have more Petaverse on, on here. Okay, Puke, over to you. Yep, yep. And like, you know, we know that the pet industry is so huge, right? Like, so what's the best thing, you know, to pair with AR to actually push up this whole initiative is definitely going to be like the pet industry. Like, you know, like right now, when we look at memes, like I look at cat memes, I'm guilty of it. Like, but if you look through my Instagram, like 30% to 40% of it is all about cat memes. So we know that, you know, this is <laughs> trending in a huge way. And, you know, once you use that element that is already working, pair it with AR, then definitely, you know, it brings people one step further in terms of utilizing the tech. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, making pets immortal digitally and also this thing called like, so I was like just looking through, you know, pets. I was trying to study about what you're trying to build and I saw this term called the universal safe file. So, you know, whereby it's about their personality experience. So could you elaborate a little bit more in, you know, how does it work? Like, you know, inputting a human personality in a digital kind of thing, uh, you know, it must be pretty challenging for most de developers. So how do we actually use that into the pets? Yeah, so this is like fundamental to how we think about being able to, you know, have these, the, 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 the pets be immortal and taken with you wherever you want to go. And so there's, there's two big things here. I guess to take a step back, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of sentiment within the game industry that Web3 was crazy to think that interoperability was possible that you know all games have different art styles and and so forth and game you know game companies don't want that dictated for them and so but the thing is most games are built on unity or unreal uh sorry i'm sorry to take that invite uh most are, are and we're built on unity and we plan to support unreal in the future so the first hurdle of the engine that these experiences are built on is actually really straightforward because most game companies don't build their own engines anymore. Um, once upon a time, they did. But beyond that, there's first the issue of take it with you wherever you want to go. So we've defined these pets as a, an open standard of metadata, of what we think you need to know about something, a companion, to take it with you across blockchains or across experiences. So that's, it's, think of it like a dolly prompt. This metadata can include personality characteristics and behavioral characteristics. And the more rare a pet is, the more of those characteristics can be called out. So I mean like whether it's arrogant or humble, whether it's agile or clumsy, whether it's fast, et cetera, is defined within the metadata. Um, secondly, we, just, we define its morality. So by this, I mean from a Dungeons and Dragons standpoint of is it chaotic neutral, is it, is it evil, is it, is it good? And so, one of those nine alignments is assigned to each each pet. Um, what its elemental ability would be, which which celestial god, then we're going to be talking about this post-mint, more about who these celestials are, but which of those it aligns with, whether it's aligned with fire or water or, you know, or, or, or dark and so forth, that's defined within it. Um, its inventory can be defined in the metadata. And we'll be launching an experience later this year, which will be the first time you'll get to start collecting stuff for your pet's inventory which you can then update your PFP to include as well. Uh, in the future, as our, we're building AI systems for some of these projects that we're building, which will look at that NFT information and say it's an agile pet, how it problem solves will be influenced by that NFT information. Agile versus clumsy will affect like a surface you could jump onto to get to food, for example. The memories of how this pet problem solves, you're basically training it, also gets saved into the metadata. So now if you want to bring it into other experiences, if they're on Unity, it's really straightforward. We're going to open access to our whole tech stack that we build these experiences with. The Mimatron is built with this tech stack. Our VR app is built with this tech stack. Our live uh, Twitch integration, all these things are being built with this tech stack. We're going to let everyone else use it too. 
So that means if you have an existing game, you know, anything from like a sandbox, a nifty island, or, you know, old school things, any, any of the web two games that are built on unity. If you want to have a pet system, take ours. Don't, you don't have to build it. Use our model, our rig, our animations. So it's, it's not just text, you know, like loot project. There was a definition of text. We're saying take everything with it that it takes to actually create an experience with these pets. Um, so that's really important. So that means then that you can build new experiences for the pets. Uh, you could take them into existing experiences. And so that's why we say that you can, you know, you can go anywhere with it. But the next thing is that, you know, experiences are built on lots of different blockchains. Some are built on Polygon, some are built on Solana, some are just built on Ethereum and so forth. We need to be able to let you use it everywhere at once. And we don't think the mass market is going to be comfortable with bridging. And bridging isn't great either because it means that you're always confining it somewhere. We don't want to confine these pets. So we essentially have a hybrid of on-chain and off-chain data, some of which is mutable. So you could train your pet, for example, some of which is immutable. You can't change the breed of your pet. Um, and that is a shared source of truth, no matter which experience or blockchain you bring it into. It's all pointing to the same place. So you could be using your pet on Polygon and Solana in two different experiences on this, at the same time and having it access that same sort of universal save file information. I like to say it's as if Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo could agree on one save file if you were playing Call of Duty on all three platforms. Um, and then secondly, like I said, going back, it's human readable. So what does that mean? That means that not unlike Dolly, if you put a prompt in, you can get lots and lots of interpretations of it. We, we realize that data is the same thing. We have a version of the pet. So when you unbox your pet, you're going to get an interpretation of the pet. But it would be just as valid to decide that that pet needed to be 2D and anime. And you could use that same blueprint and now make it 2D and anime. And you might be able to use some of our tech stack still. You might be able to still use the model, but just change the texture or add a shader. And so we make it very modular. And we say that you can fork away from what we did if you want to. And so these fundamental decisions are why we say that these pets will always be relevant. We never have to worry that a new blockchain spun up 15 years from now that we weren't expecting. We never have to worry that technology is going to move on and the fidelity will, will increase. And so we don't want to look outdated like Nintendogs would now. And so once again, we can change the art style. We can up the resolution. We can do all these things because of the decisions that we're making you know, right now in 2023. Wow, th this is fascinating. As you're speaking, as you were talking about customizing the personality of, of your pet, you know, and then obviously the transferability between platforms and, and, and everything and chains, you know what it made me really made me think about? And obviously, because it's you're involved in games, what if you could take, you, take your pet into a game and then obviously have him as your companion? I'm thinking like Zelda and have your wolf next to you. You could transform your pet into a wolf and have him become really part of the game. I mean, is this something that you're already foreseeing a little bit or am I just, you know, going way further? Because how cool would that be that it would be your actual pet with his personality that you have spent some time inputting into the game behaving with you as you're on your quest? There's no reason you couldn't. I mean, it really just depends on what a developer wants to build. Um, you know, we talk in the white paper about the fact that this doesn't have to be about the same pet. You could make a racing game and have the car in the racing game look at the metadata of your cat. And so it could be that it's speed <laughs> by that. It could be that it's element, you know, and like what sort of what comes out of the back, you know, maybe fire comes out of the back because it's a fire cat. And so now it becomes the car interpretation of the fire cat. So, yeah, it would mean that if it needed to be a wolf, you'd have to create a new model for that wolf, which may or may not be relevant and, and, and suitable for our rig and animations. But you could you could go your own way with that. But you could still support our metadata. So it's like wow. you know, the other way of thinking about this. Uh, not to go two of the weeds here is we, you, this goes both ways and the more we collaborate with each other the more of these opportunities will, will, will happen but think about crypto kitties crypto kitties have very rich metadata especially considering how early they were you know as an nft project we, we we plan to let you verify to us that you own a crypto kitty and we can make you a new petiverse pet that respects the metadata of your unique crypto kitty and so now you get to make something new based on your crypto kitty. And then you can bring it into all of our experiences because it'll be compatible with everyone who supports us and everything we've built because it's actually a Petiverse pet. It's just reading the blueprint of the crypto kitty. This is fascinating. Maeve, you've, you've, got, uh, you've got a question for us, Susan? 
I I don't have a particular question because I, I was just thinking about like uh like Twitter Blue right. So so Twitter Blue has been having this issue with uh whenever you change your PFP, it doesn't link it properly. I was just thinking like how how well thought out you you've thought this, how to how to link, uh how to basically follow metadata changes because uh like I I'm not I'm not dead myself. So like when uh, I I only briefly answered about Dali and all other dev works. So uh it's uh, it's been really eye opening for me to be honest. You have to think about it as text as opposed to thinking about it as visuals. So the metadata is text. The interpretation is what it points to. And so we don't so 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 that issue isn't really there. It's a matter of the the assets that it's pointing to and those assets are changeable. Um the second experience that we're launching. So the first experience that we're launching is called the Mimatron. And um this is at 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 it's it's ready now. You can use it now. It's going to be there waiting for you when you unbox your pet. It's been approved by the App Store, hasn't it? Um, approved by the App Store. It's been approved by Google. And we also created a browser version of it for people who don't want to install apps and who don't maybe don't care about AR. Um, and I think I, I want to say that this is probably the first NFT project that will launch with, you know, a three platform utility. Maybe I'm wrong. I kind of think it is. But it's not a game. And I'm trying to be very clear in the lead up so that people's expectations are set properly here. We didn't want it to be a game. We wanted it to be a social media sharing tool. Like cats rule YouTube, as as we all know, as someone said earlier, this is meant to be your chance to make uh, content around your unique pet for social media. So we've made these awesome scripted moments, some of which I've shared on social media, like your pet getting freaked out by a cucumber or discovering its reflection in a mirror. But the thing is, you're going to connect your MetaMask wallet and it's going to be your pet fully animated and doing these things. And then you can, you know, create funny memes. You can also pull out the laser pointer. And if you have a LiDAR phone in particular, you'll, you'll be blown away. I shared a video of Sebastian uh, who runs Sandbox uh, not quite realizing how far we'd gone where they are. We were sitting in a cafe and he's like, wouldn't it be cool if the cat could jump up on the sofa? I'm like, you can actually, let me, let me show you. So guess um, what? Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> look, so, so he shared it to social media, which is awesome. Uh, I love Sebastian. And he, he totally didn't realize that that was possible yet in AR. So these are the kinds of experiences you're going to have. You also get to name your pet and that will change the metadata. So, you know, OpenSea, when they list all the cats, some of them will be named, you know, some of them won't be named yet. Some of them, you know, might still be in the box, but you actually get to name your pet. You'll see it as a kitten, which is another interpretation of it. And then we're hoping about a month after that unboxing and, and the Mimitron that we're going to get people into our VR experience on the MetaQuest 2. And so this is a reinterpretation of your pet again, because the art style that the Mimitron can handle isn't the same as the phone. You can't do the fur that we do on your phone in the VR headset. And so you get a new interpretation of it. And within this, you'll get to have a, a chilled out VR experience if you have a headset with your pet for pets. And you'll be able to play around in a space using physics and hand tracking. You'll be able to walk by the lake with your cat. And um, you know we're gonna be introducing things like painting and fishing and really zen meditative experiences with your, your pet. Wow, uh, this, this, is really, that, that's, this is really the next level. Yeah, yeah. You know, she she caught me off when you know she said that you know the basically I told you guys that I watch a lot of memes, right? And I've been watching lately like the cucumber and the cat, and it's really <laughs> funny because man, bro, they just jump like crazy when they see a cucumber. I actually tried one with my cat, like I I own a cat, right? And I tried a cucumber, and my cat just give me zero reactions. So <laughs> I I think you know smart. what I I. I don't want the cat. I, I want the Petaverse cat because at least he, he now gives me a reaction. But it, it's just fascinating how, you know, you are trying to rebuild like the whole personality of it. And this just goes so in-depth in a way that, you know, any behavior that the cat does, you guys are actually kind of like replicating it inside your whole system. So how in-depth, um, you know, you guys are wanting to replicate it? Like, is it like full on whereby, you know, whatever that the real cat does, this cat, you know, um, you know, through updates and stuff, will have the same effect. Um, just how far are you guys going with this? Well, we're, so we're building AI systems that will be based around the hierarchy of needs of the pet. And so, you know, a good example is, is hunger. You know, that's, that's usually like the prime motivator of a pet. How they uh, solve their hunger problem um, is, is based on the, the NFT data. And um, so this will be coming. This isn't in the Mimatron. You know, it's not the purpose of the Mimatron. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of building something that feels like Nintendogs, your pets need to be able to problem solve. And so if they're hungry and they're 
arrogant, they're going to likely not do anything that you, you want the pet to do. But if they're humble, they might be willing to go look and see if you've put food out somewhere. Uh, if you if you were a jerk and put the food somewhere high that they couldn't get to, they, they then they're agile. They could actually get to the food. If they're clumsy, they wouldn't be able to get to the you know, to that food necessarily. And how it how it effectively problem solves and where it where it learns that you put the food gets stored into that information too. So you know we see these as things that that your kids are going to want to inherit from you and and so on and so forth. And so you imagine this trained pet you know, being inherited. And, and then, you know, you could, you could mess with it. You could decide you want to go a different way and teach the pet that the food is always in a, in a certain area. Um, all this becomes really relevant with AR in the future and these glasses, because, you know, I imagine in the future, 10 years from now, I'm, I'm sitting here having a conversation with my glasses on and my virtual pet is running around my house. And if he's, you know, hungry, he's going to come to me to tell me he's hungry. And if he's playful, he might be playing with, you know, with yarn in the other room. And for all intents and purposes, it becomes like a, a real physical pet. And wouldn't it be cool if that same pet could show you how to get to the restaurant when you're in a, in a foreign city instead of Google maps. And, you know, oh, that'd you, be fun. Yeah. Right? You pet the restaurant. That'd be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if you go jogging, your dog should know how fast you tend to jog. And so you could pace with your dog. Like all this sort of stuff is... is Susan, you, you, you do realize that if you make this too good, because you're talking about the file obviously being transferable to anything effectively. If it can be transferred to a car, it can be transferred to anything. So you do realize that if you do make this too good, people are going to have virtual kids, right? They will literally, <laughs> they will literally be like, I don't need to worry. I mean, I could just have my virtual kid right here next to me. And, you know, wacky, perfect. Wacky, wacky. I, everything I that passes in my mind is just one thing. I want to build a super cat, like a super, like a superman, but a super cat. Like that is my whole goal. If I actually play it, like my cat will do amazing stuff. And you know what? My cat will be better than your cat, Wacky. <laughs> oh snap fighting talk all right well you know guess what we're going to get into petaverse we're going to see how it works <laughs> you got, got some pretty crazy cats coming in the genesis collection including one that looks suspiciously like you know a metallic spider-man so there are there are oh. some five pets um to be unboxed can we do cat fights okay can we look at like <laughs> well, that sort of thing you could build you know you could build we don't have a babbler in development right now but you could build one you could take our tech stack and the unity asset store if you know how to you know how to build in unity you you could create that babbler oh my like, god this is so cool um is is i want to i i want to see like a whole ecosystem spawn up of of experiences that can be had with these pets um and you could monetize those experiences and you get the instant install base. Like if, if Nintendogs had been NFTs, that's an install base of about 26 million uh, Nintendogs. Like that yeah. took four years for this current generation of Xbox to get to that kind of install base. We'd be building games for those Nintendogs. I, I got to tell you, I'm surprised that the big gaming companies haven't jumped on the NFTs sooner. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so look, our time is running out. I've got one more question and then I want to throw over to our audience um, to add, be able to ask you a, some questions. But just very, well, I guess very briefly, it's, it's a big question, but what is your sort of long-term vision? I mean, you, you have explained a lot of the long-term vision and maybe even further further out on the macro side, where do you see sort of humanity evolving with all the technology? Because you are adding AI uh, there's no question that there's a big aspect of AI into what you're building. There's AR, and then it has all sorts of implication, as you're saying. Well, nowadays, you're envisioning following your cat to the restaurant, right? And it will have plenty of other applications. So where do you see things going? And big gaming companies or big studios like what you're doing have a massive influence or massive weight into shaping the future. So what are your thoughts on all of this? Well, I think, first of all, you know, the, the metaverses need time to be built. There isn't much that you can do in any of them yet. And they get criticized for this. But the problem is it takes a long time to make these games. Most of these things didn't even have funding until a year ago. And so I think we have to be patient. And it's why I like to think that we're focusing on the plumbing of the metaverse as opposed to the, you know, the, the big metaverse use case. I don't want to build a metaverse right now. Maybe in the future we will. But I'd rather focus on how we can all collaborate together and, and, and make the Legos be able to move back and forth wherever they want to go, you know. So mm -hmm. um, in the future, you know, we might we might build this sort of world of pets. I we've always our North Star in this has always been two things. There's always been his dark materials and the idea that you have this this this, you know, creature that you're aligned with i'd love if it could even shape shift like like his dark materials daemon and maybe ultimately settle on a form like i think that would be really really dope in the future but anyway um i imagine that my cat can play with your dog and someone else's you know 
King Kong and someone else's dragon. Like it's fantasy. It can be whatever you want the pet to be. And that's what we're trying to build towards is that sort of multiplayer interoperability within our headsets that you can build your permanent companion. Um, and even if right now, you know, our focus is totally on Web3, you know, we know that the market for who's actually comfortable in Web3 and who's purchasing NFTs is a very specific small group. And so everything about our Genesis collection is respecting that, including having a PFP that goes with your you know, 3D pet. But long term, we all know this has got to go mass market or it's going to die as an industry. And so um, how that means these pets will evolve you know, they'll, they'll get more naturalistic. You know, the sort of Genesis pet that you're going to get might be metallic. It might have cyborg eyes. In the future, when we get to like Nintendogs numbers, they're probably going to just look like, you know, tabby cats or whatever. It's going to feel like your cat. And so it's going to be interesting to watch that evolution from blind box to maybe even someday being able to recreate your own real life pet so that it never has to die. You know, and so that like the day your physical pet dies, you could pop on a headset and there's your pet digitally to, to actually never die. Oh, this this sounds like, uh, what is it? Black Mirror. What? You you you're building Black Mirror, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the thing, you know. <laughs> but look, do this with pets. There's no singularity yet. I still am desperately hoping that within my lifetime, we don't have to die anymore and we can live on in some weird virtual world. I don't think, I think I'm too old for that. I'm but right there with you though. <laughs> I want the singularity so badly, but at least with pets, you know, we can do it. We can do it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay. I, th thank you so much for this. This is fascinating and opens <laughs> up a whole world of experiences. Um, Zerox, I'd like to throw over to our, the audience. Zerox, I brought you up on stage. Do you have a question for Susan? Welcome. How are you doing? Are you here, Zerox, or are you trolling us? <laughs> okay well we'll give you a few seconds in absence of further questions from Xerox, um I have more questions for you uh, Puke do you have something else as well that you want to bring up or as we uh, I, I think I kind of like screw up in the pull up so I'm actually fixing it so we can oh see. no <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. okay go ahead go ahead buddy okay okay okay, okay. so um you're talking about where where this is going to all go and, and all this. So what sort of, what are the next big milestones that you have at the moment? Um, obviously, you must have mandate, supply coming in. Yeah. What, what's happening at the moment? And then what are going to be the next big things maybe in terms of partnerships that you're looking at? But let's just recap as to the immediate project milestone. Yeah, so the immediate milestone is we announced the Mint is this month. Um, we are quant staff is, is auditing has audited our smart contract. We're just making sure everything is locked down and secure because you just can't be too safe right now. Um, and so between between that and and um, stress testing our platform, we're just making sure that we're good to go. I would say within the next week, we plan to finally reveal the allocation size, the price and the date. Um, but, you know, we have said it's coming this month. We're still feeling confident that it's coming this month. So we're not we're not long now. Um, the, you know, the, the Mimatron is ready to go. So that part's exciting. Um, so we feel like we're in really good shape there. Um, once we go live, you know, then we have the, you know, the, the, the new situation where our company has gotten exponentially bigger, you know, with the community involved. And that's really exciting for us. You know, we want to set up a Pediverse foundation. So we, you know, we have plans to start funding the treasury for the, the foundation and how that's going to work and how our community can start influencing direction. Uh, we've got these apps to, to deliver, we're going to be delivering breeding. Uh, we're designing and, and, and building breeding right now. Uh, we're building uh, Twitch integration so that you can have your pet with you on your Twitch stream as an influencer. Um, so we've got all these, you know, sort of bodies of work to deliver on. Um, we want to then outreach and get people building with our tech. You know, we need to finish documenting our tech so that someone else could use it. Um, but then we're looking at, you know, getting the pets into Sandbox and Nifty Island, for example, um, and, and, and trying to like maybe get some game jams going to get people using our tech stack and come up with some new ideas of how you might want to, you know, how else you might want to experience your pet. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of growth. Like we're, we're nearly 30 people. We're going to do our series a round um, in the not too distant future. And then we're going to be looking to grow sort of all around more types of pets, more experiences and the mass market. And we already have plans in the works there as well. We have a lot of web two brands starting to approach us wanting to work together so uh, it's going to be a right. really, really busy year. Like we have a, our roadmap, like one of the things we learned from being a game developer is build it before you need it. You know, so we have, we could launch more than 
are right now. But we want to we want to sort of parse it out and, and continue to have stuff to talk about, to keep the community excited about, you know, to keep the floor price up, all that stuff. So <laughs> once we that's come- the way to do it. Yeah, that's the way to do it for sure. Yeah. So once we come out, expect constant information from us. You know, we're going to be beginning to tell the story of Petaverse. There's a whole backstory that's been very thought out, which is in, which has influenced a lot of the art direction of the project. We, we want to start telling that. And so immediately after we launch, we're going to be starting to tell the story of who the who the characters are within Petaverse, why oh, they God. where they came from, you know. Susan, you're a great guest. I, yeah, I don't even. I was about to ask for some alpha. I don't even need to ask for alpha. You're just you're just giving it right there. This is amazing. You know, come come back anytime. This is amazing. Okay, we've this got. What's two- great about Web three? You know, you you need to be an open book. You know, I posted on. There's there's a lot of bad players in the space. I keep getting disappointed by people that I thought were good and they weren't good. And you know, we get we got to clean up. Like we've got mm-hmm. such an opportunity to to do some just tremendous things i've never seen such an opportunity in my 25 years in games and the industry just needs to clean up and be transparent be honest and collaborate and not try to like race each other to the bottom like i feel so about that i I just saw you last week and yeah i totally agree with this we've got some questions from the audience nifty you've got your hand raised hello nifty how are you good morning good evening i'm good just uh this is so fascinating so fascinating uh, thanks for bringing me up. And I think as I listened through, Susan had already answered my question, but I just wanted to to hear it one more time. So, in the future, because we have a we have a you know a, a dog that has passed. Um, it was you know, it was it was a Shiba Inu, and we used to always say, "Hey, he's the original Doge, right?" We even build we even <laughs> built we we even built a um, an open sea page for him called Shiba Rocky. And we were going to chronicle his life and do this and the other thing. So my question is, in the future, is it possible that would we be would we be able to customize from photos or videos of him our own pet that we actually have already had but is already gone? That's absolutely where I see it going in the future. You know, it's not immediate, um, but we're going to get there. You know, and, and it's not that we can't. It's just uh, it's a logical progression of how the space grows and how the market grows and what we think people want. You know, the, the Genesis collection on Ethereum. So it's the only time we're ever going to have a Genesis, a real Genesis within Petaverse is this. It's the cats, right? When we sure. launch other pets, it won't be the first anymore. And so we're going through this. And then we're going to start going, you know, wider and we're going to look at collections where, you know, perhaps in the future, you know, you could use our editor to design a pet. And then the next logical step beyond that is how do I build my own pet? And that's definitely the North Star of this project is the idea that your unique personal pet never needs to die. And so, so yeah, 100 percent. And I get asked Perfect. that a lot. So it's clearly Perfect. people want. Thank you. I, 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 this is just unbelievable. This is, this is literally one of the best things I, I've. I've heard I've been in the space almost two years. So kudos to you, flowers to you. Good luck. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Cheers, it. Nifty. And I think we just found the Doge, uh, sorry, the ship father or the Doge fighter, whichever you're going to be, Nifty. We're going to have to talk about this. Uh, Grant, how are you doing, buddy? Welcome on stage. I, I know you're in the gaming industry as well, so you will have great questions. Uh, actually, so in terms of the project, I'm just, if you actually look at my uh Twitter history and stuff like that. Like I've been fucking following Susan forever. Hi, Susan. Um, <laughs> I, I think one of the coolest things about Petaverse is like it really is redefining what a pet is. Like a pet can be anything you want it to be. It can be a freaking plunger if you want it to be. Uh, but it really okay. is you know, in different like environments, you can really customize it. And I think I, I'm actually kind of curious. Uh, and my question, I guess, for Susan is, what do you think needs to stay consistent? like for a pet to be your pet like what you know it can be anything you want to be in any uh, different environment it really depends on the developers on how they want to implement it but then what part of the pet do you think needs to stay consistent so that it still feels like your pet you know your uh your you know like i guess possession yeah, it's a really interesting question because, you know, obviously we started on pets and that was just where we, what that was that was the genesis of this project was wasn't the idea of, you know, digital interoperability as much as it was the pet itself. And then we started to realize that what we were talking about was relevant beyond that. And, you know, you start thinking about like robots, like we said, or zombies or, you know, whatever. And, and, and then your, your mind wanders and you think, why couldn't a car be defined this way? And so so I'm not sure. I think that the, the hardest thing about interoperability 
or the items themselves, you know, like, like swords, like that can be game breaking if you took a sword from game to game and it was already powered up and that becomes a harder thing to think about um, that it'll work. But I think that there's, there's thoughts to wrestle with there before you could get that granular um, between experiences. But I think for, I think of it as something that is a companion as opposed to the actual avatar themselves. But even that is flexible because what's to stop someone from creating Stray with our tech stack and, you know, buying some assets from the Unity Asset Store, and then you get to be the cat instead of the cat accompanying you. So I don't know. I think it's, 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 fairly, it's fairly broad because there's so much you could do. Someone could add a voice system into it and have our pets, you know, talk to you. We're not building that right now. Though the, the, the meow that your cat makes... Um, in the unboxing video uh, is is based on on your unique pet. So some of them, they don't all sound the same. Um, so so I think it's pretty flexible. I don't know that I have the answer to that. I haven't, other than, than weapons and things, which I think are problematic. I haven't come across anything else that I specifically don't think works in this way. But I think pets are great because they're, you know, there's zero sum gains. Like it doesn't bother a game developer to bring a pet into the world because it doesn't, it doesn't interfere with the vision, you know, and especially if you can change the art style. Like, you know, in World of Warcraft, you have thousands of pets of all different types and varieties. And so I think that, you know, a drone could follow you around. Like, we have a drone in the AR app that brings the box in with your pet. And I've, I've found myself thinking we should have Petiverse drones, you know. All right, guys. Um, you know, sorry to cut in, but actually I managed to fix the Pro app, all right? So, guys... <laughs> You know, those of you guys here, I'm so happy finally. Yes, Susan, I'm actually giving out Petaverse Pro-Ups. So all you have to do, you know, if you guys have the app already, go into the app, click on enter the secret secret word. And the word for today is this, Peta-Pukas, all right? So it's P-E-T-A-V-E-R-S-E-P-U-K-E-C-A-S-T. So, Wacky, could you just, you know, write it up, pin it on top so people can... You basically have three minutes to um, to mint it. So, once you get the poll up, basically, all you have to do is wait for Wacky to announce a link, which is the raffle link, all right? So, this makes sure that, you know what, if you guys are here, definitely you get the alpha. We don't want to just raffle off to some random people that, you know what, just like retweet and then they didn't even attend the space. So, this is just one, one step, you know, you guys are here giving your value, giving your time, and this is how we want to contribute back to you. So, all you have to do is go to the POAP app, type in PETA-PUTCAST. Well, PETAverse, it's PETAverse, PETAverse-PUTCAST. Once you mint it, wait for Wacky to announce a link, a raffle link. All you have to do is, you know, click on the link, join it, and then um, hope for the best, right? Uh, Wacky, back to you. So <clears throat> just to repeat, guys, Petaverse-PUCAST, right? P-E-A-T-A-V-E-R-S-E-PUCAST, P-U-K-E-C-A-S-T. <laughs> you made it complicated today. Um, but it's good. That's the whole point. The whole point is that we want to make sure that it goes to someone that was here listening to the space. Hopefully, you guys are able to maintain three minutes. We've had a few issues with numbers and clicking. Um, Susan, yes. we uh, are about, we have another show just after this. I mean, I could still speak to you for another hour. And, no, this is great. I really, this is one of the better interviews I've done. I really enjoyed this. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> we did it. It's been great. We so would we, would love to catch up offline. I mean, there's so many things that it opens up the door to so many things, so many ideas, so many possibilities. And obviously, Another aspect you were talking is, is that if, if this is going to happen, if, if Web3 is going to grow, it's going to need more people to adopt it. And pet is such a huge part of people's life that this is definitely a way into for people to be more technologically in, involved and also better understand the whole concept of NFTs as a whole without right. even... One of the things we all like largely have in common, like most of us, I don't know what the percentage is, either have a pet or want a pet or had a pet. Like we get that all walks of life. All, all political points of view, all religious points of view, like pets are just a, a thing that, that that brings us all together. So I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, fantastic. So yeah. look, we're unfortunately running out of time. Puke, do you have something else that you want to, to say? No, I'm all good. All right. Well, look, thank Susan, so much. Thank, I really love this. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Uh, guys, hopefully you were able to man look out for that uh, link that I will put out there for the raffle afterwards. And again, thank you for joining us today. It was great. Susan, thank good you. luck with Petaverse. Thank you. Very, very much looking forward to see what's coming. Bye, all. <laughs>
Alright guys, so you know, after this actually one minute, we have another show, it's called The Daily Dose Asia, so I'll be hosting it, hop on to my account and we will be having the next show. See you guys, take care, hope you have great fun today. Bye-bye. Great choice. How long, how long will I slide, separate myself? I don't.